Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. It's somewhat delayed, but we have a bumpy edition in store for you guys. I'm yours, morning, my course as usual, Aiden. Lots to discuss. Champions League, Premier League, you name it, but we're back. Arsenal take on loans, you know. Uh, a win would kind of secure top spot uh, with a game to go. Yeah, I mean, it's already a Champions League right? on a, you know, at the Emirates on a freezing London uh, night. I mean, at the, the, the mood was already set, the crowd was already, you know, ready to go. And I mean, also go back to basics with Trossard uh, dropped out to accommodate Havertz. Raya coming in for Ramsdale. Um, you know, Arsenal end up, you know, starting the game off uh, like a house on fire. And also needed to, you know, dish out some revenge on, on um, Lance because if anybody took note of the post-match celebrations of the Lance dressing room, they literally had champagne on ice in the dressing room celebrating this, uh, you know, when they beat us at, at, at this stadium in the 2-1 defeat. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I, I, I kept on to that revenge. I mean, I didn't see the celebrations, but the fact that they beat us like that, you know, I held on to that and I was just waiting for opportunity to strike back. No, because the thing is that why guy, he was the one that was like leading it. And I mean, that old, as I said, the old dressing room was not only, you know, sprayed with bubbly and that, but I mean, they had like beers and everything. So it's not like they had this whole thing pre-planned and whatever the celebrations, but... Uh, we go back to the game. Um, Arsenal, look, you know, as I said, they saw the, like a house on fire. You know, immediately start the sort of very attacking brand of football. 12-minute uh, Havertz ends up heading the ball just wide after a good uh, Tommy Yasu cross. Then a minute later, Tommy Yasu again ends up whooping across. Lance again failed to deal with it. And then uh, Jesus ends up scrapping an aerial duel. The ball ends up falling to Havertz. And I mean, he ends up just... Poking the ball on past the keeper, 1-0 Arsenal. Yeah, no, it was an excellent, excellent um, goal. And um, how, it's good to see Havertz back on the goal, um, back on the score sheet again. Yeah. In the 21st minute, Saka on a major run ends up playing the ball to Jesus, who shows, uh, you know, a cool hit and ends up firing for uh, a quick fire shot past somebody in the Lawrence goal, 2-0 Arsenal. Yeah, couldn't have asked for a better... Um, Start and I think you know, Lawrence, or, or try to go head to head with Arsenal and toe to toe Arsenal. I don't think that helped the situation. Yeah, and I think that is the, 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 the not, I would say the golf, but I mean, that's the difference between European nights and you know, playing regular Premier, Premier League football because Premier League football, everybody plays a more cautious approach when they take on Arsenal. And yeah, you had a more like an opponent that's playing expensive football. Not giving it any care or like you know what to do in in defense and that and just you know throwing the kitchen sink at us from the get go and you know getting punished with every counter attack. And I do know you would expect you know them to slow down, but it just seemed like they just played the same open expansive game against it, and Arsenal were loving it. Yeah, in twenty third minute, Arsenal power forward in attack. The some Avats ends up feeding Martinelli, ends up cutting inside, and fires. A shot at Samba, the keeper ends up parrying the shot, but it's like too hard to handle, and he ends up parrying the ball into the on-rushing Saka, and it goes in 3-0 Arsenal. Not Saka's most glamorous goals, but I'm sure he'll take it. He seems to be scoring quite freely in the Champions League. Not 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 Haaland-esque, but you know, yeah. he's at least getting the, the ball in the net. Then four minutes later, Tommy Yasso ends up hitting a rasping 40-yard crosswheel pass. Sorry to Martinelli, who ends up racing clear. 
cuts inside, ends up sending a vicious curler to the top corner, beats the keeper, and Arsenal go 4-0 up. Uh, 4-0 up. I ask myself, where is these games in the Premier League? You know, at 4 nil up, you you probably uh, put kicking your feet up now because it's all relaxed, you know, the presence he's done. And it basically, um, you know, the, the stress levels, I'm sure if you were wearing your, your watch with your heart rate, you'd probably be sitting at a normal 80 now instead of uh, 120 to 140 when Arsenal played the EPL games. But I mean, what I actually found more hilarious was uh, the Lawns coach, Frank Hayes. He ends up just with this, like this dumbfounded smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> actually getting slaughtered at the Emirates. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it does. You know, 4-0 was... I mean, it, it, just seems, it, it seems in the Champions League, because of teams opening up for us like this, we we way more devastating at the Emirates Stadium. I don't know if I'm mistaken... You know, but I, I think we, we just seem more more ruthless compared to maybe the Premier League. But, you know, teams in the Premier League always like to play a low block against us. I mean, you know, didn't it also, but, you know, remind you of, of the sort of issues that we used to have back in the day when we used to play, I think, still under Wenger, where you're almost like an hiding to nothing, but you're also still not, you know, putting... You know, putting the plug in on, on and, and slowing things down and, and being a bit more cautious. We yeah. just go on and on and on playing uh, this attacking football and we end up coming off like five or six nil defeats. Oh, yeah, no, sounds very, fam- sounds very familiar. Then the uh, 37th minute, Lance finally, you know, get a chance into the game, but why ends up forced, getting forced wide by the Arsenal defence and forced to rush a shot, which Raya calmly saves. Then the 40th minute, Arsenal look to, you know, be slack, slacking off. Sometimes, as I think it's almost like that, as we approach half time, they kind of take their foot off the gas. So, ends up with with Lance again having an attack on our goal, but Raya ends up getting just beaten by the ball, ends up smacking the post. Yeah, no wake up call for Arsenal, and I think you know they just needed that because sometimes this team, as good as they are, it's like they take their foot off the pedal at times. Then, the uh, 46th minute, as we approach half-time, Tommy Asso, after receiving a soccer pass, ends up pinging a ball into the box. Odegaard is there to time the ball perfectly and ends up volleying the ball straight into the net. 5-0 Arsenal. Uh, out of the Rugby World Cup, just finished recently, but this was a rugby-esque score that we were, we were aiming at. Yeah, fantastic finish. Also. I mean, you can see something that, that, that looked like it came off the tra- training ground. Yeah, no, I think five, not up. I think, you know, business, job, job done. And you wondered what Arsenal are going to come out in the second half, whether they're going to try to double their advantage, or whether it's going to come out, you know, ring the changes, rest the legs. Yeah. And for the Premier League game coming up. Yeah, so second half, we come out, making two subs, Ben White and Kivio on for Zinchenko and Tommy Asso. I mean, I think it actually was quite fitting to let, you know, those two come off. You know, as, as Yuna said, you know, saving their legs for the Wolves game. Arsenal, of course, totally controlling the ball position and the game uh, does, uh, you know, look more like a, a training session. Yeah, no, it, it looked like we just kind of smothered the game. It's like, no, nobody really broke sweat anymore. The job was done and you just kind of just needed to see the game out. I mean, there was nothing, how can I say, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of wish some of our Premier League games went like this, but I mean, it was just kind of just seeing it up to the 90th minute. Yeah, then 66 minute uh, Saka ends up making way for Nelson, which I thought was also a good uh, change, yeah. giving also you know that amount of minutes to to Nelson. 
And 75th minute, Rice ends up exiting for Jorginho to come in. At the second minute, Jesus ends up getting subbed out and Katia comes in. But I mean, you, know, you could also see in certain aspects the, the sort of work rate also slowed down because yeah. Jorginho, I mean, he's probably not taking the, the sting out of the game. And Katia's yeah. not doing that sort of high press that, that, that Jesus is known for, which I find a shame because sometimes I think Nketia can actually put in a bigger, better shift when he comes on for Nketia, but uh, for Jesus. But and so what you said also a few weeks back in a podcast where you said like, he always like pulls out all the stops when Jesus is not anywhere around the squad. Yeah. Then, then he turns up, but it's like moments like this when he has to come on, he, I don't know, he just don't look like he cares that much. Yeah, no, it's, it's something he needs to work on because, you know, if you come on as a sub, you expect an impact or something to happen, but I don't think he does much when he comes on as a sub. I'm not sure what it is, but, I mean, you can't have that in the squad. You know, when you come on, I mean, I'm going to see Julian, Julian Alvarez when he, he comes on. I mean, he's starting now, but, I mean, when he came yeah. on for City, you know, he normally just bangs in the brakes or something like that. You know, I mean, give out there something to think about, but, you know, it just doesn't happen and it's, Jesus picks up an injury. Exactly. Then 84th minute, Martinelli and Lance uh, Kuzmanov get entangled in a scrap for the ball. The Brazilian ends up left in a heap as after a VR check, Arsenal then awarded a penalty. Uh, two minutes later, Virginia ends up stepping up and sends the keeper the wrong way and Arsenal goes 6 0 up. Yeah, you know, 6 0 couldn't have asked for a better score line, especially, you know, when all are on the line. They're just Shows you the different arsenal that we have at the moment, the Champions League especially. I know people, um, you know, are, are, are saying obviously the Madrids, the Cities, and whoever are the favourites, but yeah. Arsenal's almost like the in the best of the rest category at the moment on top because I think you know I would fancy anybody in the Champions League. Obviously, you know, Bayern, City, or Madrid, you'd be like, oh man. But I mean, other than that, you kind of can say to yourself, you know, we can take on anybody and we'll already avoid them because we're top of our group. So, yeah, you know, brilliant, brilliant performance. Yeah, so we move on now to Arsenal versus Wolves for the past weekend. Uh, Table-topping Gunners ends up facing a Wolves side who have been, you know, hard hard done by over the last few weeks through VAR. I mean, we know the same story. So, I mean, they were already coming there, almost like, you know, a bit wounded. Arsenal, of course, have... A quick fire start, Saka and Tommy Yasso uh, do some quick interplay amongst themselves with uh, the with the, the ball getting steered into the path of Saka and he ends up easing the ball past Jose Sa and Arsenal go one all up. What a goal and what a performance. I mean, what an assist by Tommy Yasso, you know, carrying on that reach right on for me ahead against Lawrence. And it just seemed like, like, like last season, a person got... You know, me personally frustrated something when Tommy Yasu was on the field because I felt like he wasn't challenging with the team. But this season, he's showing that, you know, he's a very, very dangerous player. He's good on attack. He's good on defence. And, you know, he's causing a lot of problems against the teams that you're coming up against. Yeah, I mean, a, he's actually a joy to watch. And, I mean, he's becoming also, like, a, you know, a favourite of mine as well. Because, you know, he, he not only he always puts a shift in, he's, like, loved by many. And, I mean, he's our, you know, jack of all trades. Because, I mean, he yeah. can in any way comfortably and, and not look like he's out of place. And I think that's what we missed last season, you know, when he all of a sudden picked up the injury at the same time as Saliba or that same night as Saliba. You know, you you could because you could probably use Tommy Asil anywhere across the back four. And I mean, 
you know, we had, you could even use him as a as a, probably a defensive mid destroyer, like you know, as a emergency if you guy to hold in the lead. So, you know, very very good player to have in the team. Yeah, then 13th minute, Zinchenko ends up cushioning a layoff from Jesus. Uh, Jesus ends up with a quick interplay, inter you know, interpass with uh, Zinchenko. The Ukrainian ends up racing onto the return pass, and then in turn finds the skipper who sweeps the ball on 2-0 Odegaard. Oh, brilliant, brilliant goal. I think even his celebration, you know, almost a goal is too hard to handle. Just the interplay and teamwork. It was, you know, Benga-esque, you know, going back in time. But you know, brilliant goal, 2-0 to Arsenal. And I'm coming to think to myself, you know, get number three or get number four and, you know, just put this game to bed early. Yeah, then 23rd minute, Jose Sai ends up getting injured. I think he had a, a pullback muscle. He ends up coming off. Daniel Bentley replaces him in, in the Wolves goal. But, I mean, with that happening, I noticed Arsenal also really dipped in in, in uh, like performance-wise. Yeah. After, because all of a sudden, that Bentley guy is, was barely tested because I really thought we're going to, like, you know, pepper him because he barely even had a chance to warm himself up, you know, like after replacing uh, Saar. But, I mean, we just look totally toothless thereafter. Yeah, no, it's, it's the same thing from last season when we go 2 0 up, all we suddenly stop playing. I think is that when we, we should rather get that third goal because then it's like we almost hit that fourth or fifth. But it's the moment we get that two goals, we almost believe that, I know, game is done. And all it takes is one goal, and suddenly, you know, you and I are sitting on the edge of our seats again. Yeah, because my, even my son was saying also, uh, all of a sudden this Bentley guy is made to look like a, a top or world-class goalkeeper because we weren't like testing him and, and what we were trying him out with in the first half was, I mean, things that he was dealing with was ease. Yeah, I know, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Then second half, as I said, we just did, did, didn't look dangerous. Wolves, of course, in time also started to get more slicker with their passing. Yeah. And I, I'm, honestly, I was starting to get worried because I, I was thinking... There's that same word you always hear commentators use about how dangerous a 2-0 scoreline can be. And it, 100%. Yeah, it was starting to eat, like, you know, really eat on me. And I mean, by the what, 86th minute, Zinchenko ends up with an error, leads uh, to, to Kunia getting the ball. He ends up planting it for Raya and, and Arsenal now starting to sweat to hold, hold on to the last few minutes. Yeah, oh, that was stressful, too stressful. And all of a sudden, you know, Eddie and Katie had the opportunity to finish the game. I mean, once again. You know, he, he plucks his lines. And, you know, we could be 3-1 up. But, you know, you can't have this happening. I mean, now all of a sudden, a game is a joy to watch that becomes a nightmare again. Yeah, because, I mean, all of a sudden, a game like this, where we were cruising in most parts, is ending in a game where it's almost like squeaky, a squeaky bound time. Yeah, I mean, there was a penalty appeal also, what, in the 90th plus one, where, they, you know, um, I think it was just a meadow... Um, put the cross in, and then you know that what did Wang in, like was raising his hand to hit Gabriel's arm. But I mean, you know those those small small margins. You know, on another day VAR says you know penalty given, and it's two two at the Emirates Stadium because you're not killing a game off. Yeah. So move our attention now to the match of last night, uh, Town versus Arsenal. Uh, you know the last. <laughs> we take a sip of water actually after this. Talking I mean, about the Luton game. <laughs> I, mean, I was still telling, I think leading up to the game, I was telling my, my, my son, uh, you know, the last time we visited Kenilworth Road was sometime in 1992. And when we played Luton, 
in the, I think it was the last season in the in the Premier League, I think 91-92 season. We actually lost there because Luton ended up scoring a goal in, I think, the first minute. And they just like shut the game down there after and Arsenal just could not get back from that uh, from that one uh, deficit. Yeah, I know it was. You know, going into the game, I felt very confident though, like, you know, uh, before kickoff. But as like almost once kickoff happened, you kind of realize how small this feels. I haven't I didn't I watched the Luton Liverpool game, but I never took note like as in depth and then like you know, as the game kicks off, you just start like watching and start thinking to yourself. But this field is small. Like, how's Arsenal going to maneuver themselves? It's like, it takes one long ball and it goes straight to the keeper. Ah, but uh, I think it was irking me the most about Kenilworth the Road was um, when I saw how close Arteta was to the, yes. to the play. I mean, I understand normally, like, at the Emirates, you'll, you know, wander there or whatever. But there was one thing, <laughs> I think one of the, the, the players of, of Luton wanted to take a long throw. They actually had to ask him to back away because <laughs> too close, you know, to, to our technical area. But that being said, yeah, we, you know, had to almost like weather the first uh, 10 minutes of the game. Because, I mean, they were really, you know, letting it, I mean, the crowd was also up for it. It was almost like being at Salas Park. I mean, I know yeah. it was Salas <laughs> Park as a go-to. Because ever since you started with that whole thing or that man on over something, <laughs> it drives me crazy. Uh, but as I said, Luton looked strong. They were almost like against a runoff play. Arsenal go one all up, Martinelli. A fine finish after great work by Saka and, and um, I think it was was it Saka that, that was yeah Saka the Saka that I think I used to see the quick throw to Saka and then um, you know E45 did to Martinelli who you know made it one nil after the commentator you know made a comment saying that um, Martinelli's only got one nil this season yeah. and in the Premier League and you know hasn't been eating his heights yet and then you know he goes and scores and for me I'm thinking one nil up let's get the second and then you know. Maybe the third and, and, and sort it out because you know what looted under lights. You know, any 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 team that's you playing under lights normally has that, you know, bogeyish feeling because the crowd's upward, the players are upward, and you know, one all up, I think thought, you know, let's go get another. Yeah. Then twenty-fifth minute was a uh Luton corner. Arsenal totally looking at sixes and sevens, defending it, and Gabriel also ends up powering it up past Raya and it's one one. Oh, that, that that was pathetic defending, and you know, you know, the season we seem a bit vulnerable in set pieces. I mean, but you know, I, I felt it was early enough to kind of see that. Um, you know, I, I I felt still confident. You know, we'll just score in a matter of time. Yeah, then in injury time of the first half, Gabriel Jesus, after great work by Saka and Ben White, he ends up heading us to make it two-one just before the break. And you know, at the break, you and I still had a, like, you know, so normally we did have a quick chat, a debrief about the first half. And we kind of said that Arsenal need to score again because this game just has a, a very, you know, bogeyish feel about it. And you don't want Lute to give Luton more, you know, more oomph to, to come back into the game. And then lo and behold, four minutes into the second half, Elijah Adebayo ends up powering it up past Raya. And I mean, Raya does not come off looking good because I mean he ends up just getting out muscled by the uh, tall striker yeah and everybody you know it's almost like looked at him and thinking to themselves like that was your man you know that was but obviously they don't say anything but I think you could feel that um, thing and then for me also I just felt Odegaard was getting bullied by Ross Barkley as well you know prior to 
to anything that that he's just been all over everywhere. Um, Odegaard or Barkley was and just kept on nipping the ball away from him all the time. Yeah, then 57th minute, lo and behold, after Andros Townsend ends up feeding Ross Barkley, he ends up, I mean, almost like a, a, a you know drifting pass, a ball watching Arsenal defense, which I mean, it looked really bad on the eye. And by the time uh, Barkley lets fly with his left foot, it goes under the body of David Raya, and he also comes off looking really, really bad, and especially in the, the sort of rivalry that's building up between him and Ramsden. But I think the media is also like, you know, building the rivalry up. Like, I don't know if it was specifically a demon that Ramsdale was laughing at, and then the camera panned on him, like, you know, pulled a straight face. But it's almost like they're trying to cause this animosity between the two keepers, which I'm not sure what's happening. But also, that being said, probably discuss it after the game in more detail. But, you know, that was poor goalkeeping, and to concede the two goals that we did, you know, I thought, come on, that, that shouldn't have happened. But, you know, I said to myself, you know, if we can get the goal by 70th minute, 75th minute, you know, we at least have something to play with. Because I'm thinking 3-2 down, it always becomes a bit daunting. Because now you're thinking that you're clocking your head, you know. Yeah. When's it the right time to score? Because if you score too late, you know, a game almost peters out to a draw. So, like, you know, we need to get the goal next. Yeah, then uh, for, uh, three minutes after the Barkley goal, a long ball, I think, by an Odegaard ends up finding uh, Jesus, who ends up holding off the defender. And then, I mean, he ends up dinking a fantastic little cross over the last man in the uh, Luton defence. And uh, Kai Havertz ends up stealing in and just gently, I think, I was expecting, you know, him to power the ball on. But, I mean, he just used, like, light feet and it ends up just steering it past the keeper and it's 3-3. Yeah, no, that was brilliant. Uh, I think, you know, uh, uh, out of form, Kahava is probably going to smash this into the keeper or, you know, got his fluffed his line. But I think he's, that, that confidence is slowly there. And I, I don't know if you've noticed that that that, that combination between Havertz and Asus, it's starting to get there because yeah. um, Havertz almost, you know, has that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That, well, is it able to, the ability, what's that sense, that's the sixth sense almost to, yeah. to be able to, to know to just get there and 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 Asus knows you know he doesn't have to look he just plays it and then you know or he heads it to to down or whatever and Havertz is there so you know brilliant goal three three and now you you, you can't, like I got to the edge of my seat actually and I just started wondering now I think to myself you know when 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 are we getting these goals and I mean also, what I was also noticing after the hour more uh, I think the way the, the sort of tempo that Luton were playing as well. It was starting to slowly, slowly but surely start to get stolen the, the players because some of them just did not have the legs anymore to, you know, do that off the ball running. And then Arsenal were trying to literally swarm them with, with those sort of, you know, decoy runs and then to, to, you know, get some of the tiring guys to almost like chase the runners instead of the guy with the ball, actually with the ball. So Arsenal, of course, also make two substitutions at that point. Uh, Zinchenko and Trossard coming on for Kivio and Martinelli, respectively. And I mean, Arsenal really, you know, putting their foot to the mid, uh, the pedal now as they're trying to push for the winner. Yeah, no, I did perceive it. But Zinchenko actually looked like a breath of fresh air when he came onto the field. He made a massive difference. Trossard as well, but he was frustrating me at times. He really like, was just trying to shoot sometimes, you know, with the ball that spilled under the edge of the box. And like, instead of trying to create something, he just fires a shot that I was. All the time I had to bite my tongue because I was getting so like you know, stressed out. Why? I mean, you know, you can't drop points against Luton. No disrespect to them. 
And then, I mean, as the, the you know, after the, injury, the the clock comes up for injury time, which was like plus six minutes, and we actually cross over into that six minutes, and Arsenal, I think with the last ditch freak, because I was like, my, my son is already, you know, of losing his mind at the at the end of the game. He's telling me, yeah, they're going to call it at, uh, like on the like on the dot ninety six, and I said no, he's gonna probably still add on a few because I mean, look, there were also a bit of time wasting tactics from from uh, Luton at, at some points of the game, and I mean, uh, uh, interchanging of passes between Zinchenko and uh, Odegaard sees Odegaard f- sending a ball in with I think with like about four seconds left on the clock, yeah. and in comes uh, Declan Rice and he just glances the ball off the shoulder of the defender and it goes in and it's a dramatic dramatic winner. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of dramatic. Like, it's fun and all, but you know, leading up to that point, you know, you were like, if, if you think of all the Premier League games recently, it's, it's been, you know, nail biters till the end. You know, you haven't been able to really just kick your feet up and just say, ah, you know, done deal. It's like every time you're like, oh man, oh man, like, you know, we're going to do this. But I haven't started feeling a bit nauseous, I think, after the game for like, you know, Two to five minutes just to had to bring myself back down to earth because I mean you know what a fighting spirit what a finish and you know maybe we could have thrown that game last season or even lost. But I mean I, like I mean speaking of, of how I took this this game now last night physically my legs from all that tensing because I was more like trying to off cross the ball <laughs> into the box because I like I mean I'm gonna tell you and the listeners are point blank I really thought thought the, the last chance went when Jesus tried that acute angle shot, and I thought that was probably it. But we're not going to get the chance again. Yeah, now. yeah. No, there were a few moments there. Where I thought, "Are you kidding me? Why are you doing that?" Like, and I thought, you know, she's it. And then, you know, Declan Rice as well. What a player! I mean, I know Odegaard crossed the ball, but Declan Rice. I mean, you know, he's given us six points this season. Not six points. Given us four points. You know, this season. I know that. Um, Game against United, um, I suit with to go score afterwards. But I mean, you know, he scored that important goal against United, and you know, if you if you look at it as well, he got an important goal now as well. So we move our attention now to Aston Villa, Arsenal. We're going to preview it for uh, the coming weekend. Um, it's going to be probably. I mean, look, Aston Villa are playing this evening against Man City. Mm. Uh, big, big game. Big game. Should without be Rodri, without Rodri, it could be about Doku and is it Grealish as well? Who's, who's missing I, as well? I think Doku is fine, Grealish is the one that's going to be out because he had the fifth booking as well. So the two of them are out, Rodri and and, and I mean, I don't know, I haven't see, heard anything about uh Doku, but I mean, I, I know that other one is out, uh, Grealish is out, and 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 Rodri, as you said, because I mean, I just think it's going to be a lot of tests at Willow Park, especially, I mean, yeah, whether definitely. and I, I mean, I. Look, I know we're now going to do another preview for Villa and Arsenal, but for me also, with regards to just jump ahead a bit to, to Man City's game the weekend against Luton, I, in a way, also hope that, you know, Luton are going to also sort of put a performance in, like they put a, a shift in against us, because sometimes you always get teams that will they'll raise the game against one, and then they almost like kind of, kind of, you know, just wave the white flag for the next game type of thing. So I just hope they're going to, I think it could be a case of that. I don't want to be uh, yeah. play devil's advocate. I think it, advocate. I think it could be a possibly a case of that because it's almost like this Luton team played the socks off against um, Arsenal that they're almost going to be you know, that fatigue is almost going to come through. I think and you know City 
will probably, you know, wipe the floor with him. I could be wrong, but I'm just thinking that's my thinking now. And also, as well, a game under lights, it's like when the, when the, when the bottom, you know, bottom half of the table team play you under lights, it almost, you know, becomes a, a nightmare of a game to play. But it's like these three o'clock kickoffs or four o'clock kickoffs, um, you know, are normally the ones that, you know, they, they easily dispatch them. But I don't know. I'm also, I was also thinking that while I was on my way to work, like, you know, is Luton going to come? Or oh, Luton going to come there and, and, and give City a tough time? Because that field is small, eh? And I don't know how City's players will be able to navigate themselves. So, if, yeah, I just hope Luton can give that same energy. So, we're going to move on to now with the, with the Villa-Arsenal game. Look, last season it was a crazy... Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, with the way it played out and, and Jorginho with that wonder strike that ends up smacking off Martinez's head. And of course, that 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 pre-celebratory uh, Martinelli goal. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, as I said, Emery has done fantastic work with Villa. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, an awesome side at the moment. And I mean, look, there's a lot of like the, the, the key players at the moment is Douglas, Douglas Louise, who's almost like being almost like tipped to to be a sort of Thomas Party replacement because I mean he's been the talisman this season, also in midfield. But I mean, of course, Emery, I doubt would want to, you know, get rid of him right now, mid-season. Yeah. And then you've no, got Ollie Watkins, who's been, you know, banging yeah. in golf and he's got like eight already this season. And I mean, one guy that actually surprised me, and 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 the other, it's just something about him that I like about maybe his heart and his passion is, is John McGinn, the third uh, player that's, you know, up there that, that that's been, you know, putting in decent shifts and and averaging something like seven point three per game. He wears out in his sleeve when he plays. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, he, he, he chases everything, he tackles everything, he doesn't take anything for granted. You know, certain players might, you know, if it's, uh, no, not that disrespect, but like, you know, the man United players who don't want to run anymore. But I mean, this guy actually, you know, works his socks off and he's a good player for Aston Villa and he like, you know, epitomizes kind of the hardworking player he is that is, you know, in, in any coach's team at Aston Villa. And you know what? What I've always like in the way underestimated, like from watching him when you watch him play, he's got like skills. He's got like a killer pass in him, and I mean he's got a wicked shot as well. Yeah, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be a tough game. Look, I, I honestly think if if we can, you know, we, we need to stamp our authority. I don't want to play another game where I'm I'm, I'm waiting for a 90th minute strike again or 88 minute strike. I just want us to go there, kind of like just. Get two, three early goals, kill the game. Hopefully they tied because they're playing Man City on Wednesday and then playing Saturday. I mean, it's a poor excuse. I mean, I don't know how to hope for that. But I'm just hoping for an easy game that we can see all of us can enjoy. And then, you know, I think we take on Brighton next then Liverpool at Anfield. So, you know, you kind of want to secure this because, you know, last season it was almost a case of, ah, oh, no, you have to win at Anfield. You have to do this. I mean, if, if we get the results right now, um, we don't know what happened with City and Aston Villa tonight. If yeah. we get the results right now, I mean, I'm, I don't know how you would feel, but I would obviously you want to win at Anfield. But I would take a point at Anfield um, if, if if all goes well and we can we still have the same amount of gap. I mean, you know, the, the title race looks as between three teams that you know whatever advantage you can get on the opposition or you know no advantage that you like you know can be gained on anyone. Yeah. It will be very important in this title race because City is not that City at the moment, yet you know where you have to win all your games. And by the time, you know, it comes to that, you know, where City gets all the Ws. I mean, we've played Chelsea at the bridge now. Um, 
We would have played hopefully Liverpool at Anfield. We would have played Newcastle at St James's Park. Something that that that, that City still has to do. We've played Tottenham. I yeah. mean, so it's it's going to be interesting. And I think you know Arsenal, you know, have to kind of beat Aston Villa. You know, I know you say you know hindsight, you know, maybe a point will be good, but I do think we need to get the job done, beat Aston Villa, and you, people will start thinking, oh, like, you know, wow, they beat Aston Villa away from home, who, you know, maybe could spring a surprise on City, because let's also think of it, City hasn't won a game with Rodney played this season, you know, when, when he was left out against Wolves, yeah. Newcastle, or Wolves, or the Newcastle, and... Um, what is Newcastle? Well, they were they were left out. They were left out and then lost. I thought Newcastle and Arsenal and I don't know who the other team was. The yep. Wolves, I don't know, and then, and then Arsenal. But I mean, you know, who knows what could happen tonight? Yeah, because I mean, I'm gonna be glued to to that match. I mean, I was first interested in the, the you know the Man United Chelsea game, but I mean, for me, the, the one that's actually standing out more interest-wise because. I mean, Villa are what fourth and uh, Man City are what, second at the moment. So there's going to be a titanic battle tonight, hopefully. Um, Chelsea and I think United and Chelsea are for, the, for maybe Brighton fans to watch or something because I mean, they're all chasing, you know, playing in conference league spots. <laughs> so do you have anything other uh, talking points before we head up? My, my, my one point is um, for the weekend, do you start Raya again or do you give Ramsdale an opportunity? Look, I, I'm going to say Ramsdale because, you know why? Because uh, Arteta has set the, the yardstick in a way because he's the one that decided he wants to do it like that. You know, it, it comes down to errors and, and, and what they bring so far. And then, I mean, at what, I mean he's, there's certain games so far that he's looked quite dodgy, uh, uh, Raya. But then again, as a, as a few people said today, look, I'm not going to do the whole hopping on, like, you know, yeah. sort of battle thing. But I mean, look, he's also, like, in a way, Arteta's also messing with the head of, of uh, Ramsdale as well, because yeah. now you've got two goalkeepers, it's almost like starting to self-doubt himself going into games, and you don't want to do that in a, in a, in a sort of title when you're going to be almost like in the mix of a title race where you've got two, like, you've, you've got a fantastic defence, creative midfield, and then attacking a, t- a trio that can, you know, goals can come from all over. And now you're gonna your, your big question mark is now all of a sudden on your goalkeeper. Yeah, no, you, you don't want that. And as, like you said, you can see that that is being created. That is being created. Yeah, can see it. Yeah, but I mean, we'll be back next. Uh, what's it? Next weekend? Not this yeah. coming. Next weekend we'll have. We're gonna probably try to get back into our rhythm again. Yeah. So, hope you guys have a fantastic upcoming weekend. Take care, guys. Enjoy the rest of the week. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye.